What is good, everyone? It's Jordan Beckley now and host of the Boundless and Ballin podcast. And I have two of my guys, Azer Hunter Batanga and Jared Calleja, on the podcast today. We have a lot to get into today, so let's jump right in. First topic of the day, the NBA. Uh, first off, guys, which trade deadline move surprised you? I know that was a few weeks back, but there were quite a bit of uh, moves that happened on that day and around that time. That surprised me? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say, um, well, Aldridge wasn't, I mean, it's kind of expected that, that really, that didn't really surprise me, but, um, I think crap, kind of forgot. I think Powell that, uh, Trent and Powell trade. Oh, for, for Toronto. Yeah. I don't know who, who's, who they got, but Toronto got Trent, Gary Trent Jr. And then, um, Rodney Hood. Yeah, yeah. I I just didn't understand the logic behind that trade. <laughs> but I mean, Norman Powell's been going off lately on the Raptors, so yeah. I, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> uh, mine would be I think the one that surprised me the most is probably Blake because since he's, I'm not gonna lie, he's gonna be going to retirement soon. That dude is. That dude's not the same dude as before. He's washed. He is washed. I gotta say, he is washed. Um, but yeah, that trade kind of didn't make sense for me because I don't understand why they're being another big man since they have. Since we're gonna get Aldrich anyways, why bring another big man? Since you have already Jordan there, a uh, DeAndre Jordan, and you have uh, another person. I forgot who, but Foxton. you have two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have those two people already, so I don't understand what the with the pickup with Blake is. I can see that, but like Blake is playing more as a backup power forward. Center, but like uh, probably just got him for depth purposes. And of course the whole ring chasing argument. <laughs> All that. Yeah. Um, two of the, the, the biggest moves at the deadline for me came from the Orlando magic with them just blowing up oh their roster, Gordon and Vucevic. Uh, where do you think they go from here? Cause they have a lot of, Talent, but they do still have some veterans like uh, I believe Terrence Ross and Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, I was about to say T Ross is. I feel bad for T Ross, bro. The Magic are just killing him. But um, props to the Bulls for getting Vooch. First of all, that was insane. That was a nasty trade. And then um, I think Gordon to the Nuggets was also really good. That was a really good trade for the Nuggets. I don't know about the Magic. I think the Magic lost out on both those trades to be honest because i mean how many like those picks uh, yeah i got you i got you you know what i mean like how you're it's not like you're gonna get like a lebron james with those picks that's not yeah yeah like they're they're another team that's just stock stocking up on draft capital like uh okc has been doing recently oh, but, yeah. yeah that's just uh um i would say go oh my bad jordan you go ahead, go ahead Jerk. uh i would say that they're doing Tyler, they, I agree with uh, Acer. They're doing um, Terrence Ross really badly. He's a great underrated player. I would say he's a very so underrated, underrated bro. Oh, yeah. So underrated. He's such a good six man and a good like role player that he gets his own shots too. And um, what do you call it? And the Magic just needs to rebuild with like a good like veteran that knows what he's doing. And like with young guys that have like a uh, have potential to be like a role player or like a standout player, that's yeah. what I would feel the magic needs. Yep, I agree. You think Terrence Ross is that guy at the moment? Or no, they look no, 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 <laughs> no. Terrence Terrence Ross will, will never. I mean, he'll hope he maybe be that veteran, but he won't be like that standing out veteran that you you'd go to to just right, right, right. have advice like Chris Paul. Yeah. You'd never you'd never go to him. Mm-hmm. For that, so. I got you. But hey, but they did get Wendell Carter Jr. though. Yeah, Carter's been great. And uh, he, OPJ had a rough start. OPJ had a rough start. Yep. Wendell's been okay on the Magic, I think. Yeah, Michael think Carter. Okay. Yeah, he's had a rough start this season. I mean, not this season for like his start of the season, but he picked it up. Picked the. They also up. have Fultz out. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So it's good they got him yeah. out of that yeah. deal with the uh, with the uh, Nuggets. Yeah, 
Facts. I'm happy for Aaron Gordon, bro. Him and Jokic, oh my gosh, nasty, insane. Yeah, I mean, that's a here, here's the thing though with uh, Denver. How are they going to maximize Bull Bull's potential if he gets garbage minutes though? That's the thing I was worried about with the uh, Gordon trade with with both Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. What's going to happen to them? Because the front court minutes are clogged by primarily Gordon and Vucevic, and I believe Barton as well to an extent. If I remember correctly. One thing I have to say about Barton. Barton is so underrated. Oh, yeah. I love him. He is underrated. He is very love underrated. Him. He's one of the best six men, sixth men's out there besides, like, I mean, Lou Will's not picking it up. I don't know what he's doing, but I would say Will Barton's, like, one of the best six men in the in the league right now just because of how his tenacity and how he plays and trying to find his – trying to find his own, like, rhythm within the within the game. I love it. I don't know what it is with the Nuggets, bro. They just can't. Like, they're <laughs> missing something. Oh, yeah. I just don't know what they're missing. Exactly. Because you've got the MVP front runner in Nikola Jokic, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me and say Embiid. But, hey, mm-hmm. I mean, the Joker's been going off. The Joker's crazy, bro. He's oh, yeah. been carrying the Nuggets. Yeah, well, we'll got we'll Bobo, get Gordon. What else you got? Oh, they picked up JaVale, too. Yep, yep, they brought him back. But I would Michael say Porter that. Michael Porter Jr., yep. The, yep. No, you're good. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm just reading off the roster. <laughs> I would say that um, the Nuggets could have, like, Lucevic at the four since he plays, like, such a good post moves like Jokic. But Jokic is more of, like, a, a roam around. Right? Yeah, no. Lucevic. Yeah, yeah. Lucevic is on the Bulls, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> we, we know what you mean. We know what you mean. You're playing. You. Yeah, yeah, the Gordon, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that's like a new Lob City right there. Like, if you think about it, that's like a new Lob City. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jokic at like a like a CP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jokic is such a good passer too. It's really- oh yeah. Oh, it's insane. His passes are. He has like vision. He is. He's so nasty. His IQ is like so yeah. high. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about the the Lakers and their recent moves? I know we oh picked up uh, Drummond and Macklemore off the buyout market. They got a chance to show out in Miami. What do you guys think? Uh, how are they going to help the team? I would, uh, I mean, I, I would say that Drummond could be more of like a. I know he he he's really good on rebounds. Like he's has led the league two years ago in rebounds or something like that. Two yeah. or three years ago in, the, in rebounds. Averaging okay. about like seventeen or sixteen rebounds a, a game. Right. So if he can get, I mean, I know he got injured, but if he can get back to that, I I would feel like we can lessen up more rebounds off like people, so that they can, what do you call it? They can fill in lanes and just get transition points off the rip. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think the Lakers are screwed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm being honest, yeah. you're screwed. Because I don't know how long LeBron's out. He's coming back soon, so he, he said. He soon, said. That, that is true, soon. But also, I'm more concerned about AD, bro. AD has been gone for three months. How long, months. bro? A little too long Before. for my liking. Mm-hmm. And he's killing my fantasy team. But anyways, <laughs> AD needs to come back. I don't know what the Lakers are doing with AD. I don't think they've released anything regarding AD. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't released anything. Reportedly, like, coming back like around April fifteen against Boston, like maybe, but we'll have to see about yeah. that. I think they, it's good that they're taking it uh, slow and, and being cautious about his Achilles, because that his uh, injury, because that's the Achilles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to rush it. Yeah. But it's, it's all right. We'll make the playoffs anyways. Oh yeah. We should make playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Lakers are fifth in the West right now. That's no, all right. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, okay. I, was to, uh, I was listening to this uh, this podcast from Spectrum called uh, the <clears throat> the Lake Show podcast. They had Jared Dudley on, and he said, like he, he pretty much gave a warning to everyone else, like you do not want to play the Lakers in uh, come playoff time. Doesn't matter what seed they're in, like a healthy Laker team, like it's a wrap. And I'm 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 fully in, in agreement with him. What about you? Yeah. yeah, I think the Lakers are just – they're too deep for them to be considered out of a playoff run, to be honest. 
Yeah. But um, I agree with that too. I don't know, dude. Lakers are hey, Portland's right on them. Right on them. With Dame and uh Nurkic is back. And uh who else you got over there? You got CJ back too, coming off his injury. The dude's been okay. Hold on, we need to talk about CJ CJ McCollum because that yeah. dude's been a dime and a half ever since he came back. I don't even know. I don't know his stats or what points he's been putting up, but that dude has been balling out. And let me tell oh, you, yeah. my fantasy team does not like him. <laughs> he's been killing yeah. my fantasy well, team. Portland has a really nice one, two, three now with uh, Dame, CJ, and Powell. And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a very good trio. You right got there. Cantor in uh, for, at the five dubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I love that big three though. That yeah, like, small, that small core three of Portland. It's amazing. Oh yeah, uh, we already got into the buyout signings, but uh, who do you guys have winning the uh, MVP? And are there some players who deserve to be in the conversation that aren't in it right now? MVP probably. Hmm. I don't know. I'd probably say LeBron because he's been probably contributing the most to a team and he's been carrying a team for so long. And because of AD being out, he has to fill that role in for both of them. And he's been doing that ever since he got back. So, but he's injured now. But I would still consider him as in the running since he's out. So, definitely in there. Yeah. I'd say either Embiid, Jokic, or or Dame. Or no, 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 not Dame. Steph. Steph. Yes. Those yep. three. Those oh, yeah. are the top three for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steph's been going crazy lately. Golden State isn't doing isn't doing that amazing, but like Steph's just been carrying them with Clay out now. There we go. He's back. There we go, Jordan. All right. Are we still recording? Uh, you uh, yeah. Are yeah. Yeah. You are now. Yeah. You're recording. Thank God. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know if you lost the recording from last time though. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Were you guys Were you guys still on the call? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're still on the call. All right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Moving on. Uh, Harden recently came out and said. Uh, that he deserves to be the MVP. Do you guys agree with that? No, he's no. on the Nets. <laughs> on the Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Do we really need to go through the Brooklyn Nets roster right now? Let's start. Let's start off with the starting five. Okay, you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. Lamarcus Aldridge, or what's what's his first name? Lamarcus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I was confusing it with LeBron or something or LeMickey, mm-hmm. whatever. LaMarcus Aldridge, right? And Blake Griffin and Joe Harris, too. Don't forget Joe Harris. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan. And then the rest of them. <laughs> the rest of the Nets. You the rest Joe of Harris? the Nets. Joe Harris? Yeah, Joe. Joe Harris has been a bucket and a half. Mm-hmm. But um, no, dude. Maybe like MVP if he was still on the Rockets, but. The, the Nets? And now, now, now he has a whole team like of the superstars. The Brooklyn Nets? Right. right. Mm-hmm. I'm you're, with you. You're calling I'm yourself the MVP of the Avengers, bro? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Get out of here. Exactly. He's probably like top 10, but he's not like – I'm not going to give it to him. Yeah. I'll give it to Dane before I give it to Harden. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, are the Nets being overhyped at all now that they have Blake and Aldridge? Yes. Yes. Well, not over. Not Aldridge. Not Aldridge. I don't think because yeah, he Aldridge can be like is a, a very good. good role Aldridge player. was a good pickup. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Blake is definitely overhyped. He's definitely washed. Mm-hmm. What does this Nets super team say about KD? Because he pretty much left Golden State to write his own chapter, but then he goes out. He he comes in with. KD and Kyrie, which is or, um uh, with uh what's his name Kyrie and DeAndre originally, which is fine, but then you get the Nets trading for Harden and now they pick up Aldridge and Blake. Um, what do you think? What does this say about Durant? 
Um, I don't think it's him, to be honest. I, I, I think it's the it's the GM. Exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I've been saying. Like it's so, not KD making these decisions. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would I would say that KD would be fine with it since there is no one to replace him with. Like no one's in his no one is in his, in his lane. Mm. So I would say he was okay with. I would be like okay with it re- reuniting with his old teammate. You know, pairing up with Kyrie. And then you should have Aldrich, you got old all-star friend right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say their chemistry is like if they keep like working at it, oh my goodness, that's like a that's they're the new getting that's, they're getting yeah, they're there. getting there. Yeah. If yep. if their team chemistry gets keeps going up and up, like they're literally gonna be unbeatable. They're gonna be unbeatable. I, I, I seriously think that if the Brooklyn Nets had the same level of chemistry as like the Lakers right now. The Nets would be unbeatable. The Lakers wouldn't even beat him. Or, 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 or I have a, so one of my favorite teams in the league right now is the Jazz. I love the oh Jazz. Oh my gosh. The yeah. Jazz have been hot. The Jazz, I love their passing. If, if, if Brooklyn gets to that level of like of oh, team chemistry, unstoppable. unstoppable. You can't stop, cannot stop them. That's just, you have three, what, you have three superstars that can score from all three levels. And you have Aldridge that can score from two levels. And you have DeAndre Jordan down there in the paint that could just finish. Oh, and Joe that. Harris. Let's not Joe Harris, Joe Harris. Joe, Joe Harris down the line. Shooter. Yeah, and then I don't know who's going to beat them. I honestly would – Giannis is in trouble, bro. He's not going to one v. He's not going to 1v5 them the whole time with Chris yeah. Middleton, maybe 2v5. Yeah. Uh, Middleton's been underperforming lately. He has. Mm-hmm. Very, very – much to my dismay, he's on my fantasy team, and he's just he's just not there. But uh, Holiday, though, Jay Rue Holiday, oh, my gosh, the dude's been balling out. He's been a great point guard for the for uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Great point guard that for is, them. That is. I, I feel like he needed that move. He needed that move. 28 points, 22 points, 33 points, 29 points. You just need someone you can rely on. Exactly. Oh yeah. Because with Pelicans, you had no one to rely on besides Bi. But like Bi's somewhat inconsistent when it comes to like outside shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Inside, inside, he's he's alright. He's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the super teams talk. Um, do you think these big, these big teams are being formed because of what LeBron did? LeBron and the Heat did. Of course, I mean, there were other teams, other super teams before them, like the 2008 Celtics, but the Heatles get the most attention for sure. What do you guys think of that? I would say that GMs always try to get the best players for, like, for lease or, like, whatever it is, just to make, like, a like a super team now because of the Heat or because of earlier times, like the – Oh, I forgot what those were, but like whatever, it's like the Heat basically. Like that team was so good with Prime Wade, or like it's about to like be expired Wade, and then like Prime LeBron. What are you gonna do? And then Bosh right there. So I feel like these super teams are forming because of, or maybe in recent years like the Warriors, like the six. What is it? Seven, six, seventeen, eighteen one. I I don't know, but it's like somewhere there. The late teens, I just lost. Track. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it could be because of that, and they're just trying to like have a ring under their belt, or it could be just I don't know. Here's what I think: I think these super teams are forming because the players are like they're all friends, bro. Like everyone in the league, they're all friends. They're all like. They're all buds. They're all pals. They're all coworkers. No matter like what team you play on, you know, like LeBron and CP3 and Melo and all them, they're still friends. And you know, like back then, I don't think you had that type of like friendship between, um, between like stars from different teams. You know what I mean? Like Paul Pierce and LeBron James weren't friends. I no. mean, they they were like coworkers, but like. They didn't acquaintances, you know, acquaintances. Exactly, they're yeah. acquaintances. But now everyone's all friends. They're all giddy. Blah 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 blah. So, yeah, I feel like, 
you know, these players are just like, you know what, let's just play together, bro, bro. And plus they get like guaranteed contracts too. That's the thing. They you got the player union also. So the players have a lot of leverage in uh what they do and what and like their decisions and all that. So I think that's that's your super team foundation right there. Yep. I'm with that. And then uh, uh, oh other Jordan. No, no, go ahead, finish the thought. I I would say that the league Okay, so it's gotten a little friendlier, I would say, with like with everything. Because like back in like '96 or like early 2000s, man, Kobe was there, and no, Kobe had like no friends or at all. Like Michael Jordan, no friends at all, except for his team and like the Bad Boy Pistons. You have like Isaiah Thomas. I forgot who the center was, but he was bad too. Dennis Rodman, and they were all like terrible people. They're like, not terrible people, but they're just like played really hard and like played really dirty. And I feel like, uh, what do you call it? These teams have gotten like a lot softer over the years. So, so I think. Yeah, I think the competitiveness has decreased. Yeah, yeah, the competitiveness has decreased. Yeah, because everyone's friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of soft, let's move on to the referees. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on the officiating as of late? There have been just some god awful calls made by the refs. And some ejections and all that stuff. What do you guys I don't say? really want to say because I might be ejected and fined later on. But <laughs> I mean, the officiating, it speaks for itself. I mean, it's literally dog water. It's terrible. It, it is terrible. I mean, um, who got ejected recently? I think Trez got ejected, didn't he? Trez, yep. 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 Off, for doing what? For what? Sticking up for his teammate. Exactly. Like, what anyone would do. Oh, come on. And then... Taylor got suspended for coming off the bench, which which is reasonable, but like, come on now. Sometimes. I think the refs should be fined <laughs> for bad calls, for just like crappy calls. I don't know if there's like a like a committee that oversees like referees in the NBA and like grades their performance or whatever. I know the UFC has this, but um, dude, the refs just they're I don't know what it is, bro. I really don't know what it is, but they're just so like egotistical self-centered it's like the world no one cares about you bro i'm saying to watch they're calling they're calling soft calls too exactly like for what grow up bro like did you see i don't know i remember but there was like a remember when ron artest was with the pacers Mm -hmm. like i don't know and there was like a big fight are we talking about malice at the palace bro yes bro oh dude i love that that was so funny that was really funny. But, like, do you see, like, I know people got ejected for that, but, like, like compared to compare that to, like, what the league is now. now. Yeah. Like, that is so soft. Like, oh, Booker yeah. Booker got a double T off of uh, – for throwing a ball at a ref. Or, or not throwing – he, like – Oh, he just passed it. it. Just, yeah, yeah, he just passed it. the ball like, to the, the ref. Same thing like, in another game. He got tossed, I think. Yeah, I don't know, man. These refs are – I yeah. feel like there's, like, a, a part – inside of the refs that are making like the league so soft now because people don't want to touch anymore or people don't want to like play like real defense or else they're going to get a call yeah and yeah like offensively players have been like drawing fouls and all this and it's like trey oh my goodness all a lot of his points come in like free throws or something i think yep yep i just hate the way he plays the game i mean he scores yeah and he's he's a certified bucket, but like the whole draw, like I get it's part of the game and all that, and like yeah, abuse it, but like I just don't like it. You know, yeah. it's it, not it, clean basketball. Yeah, I I think that's what Trey's been doing is a little hard and like in a way, in a way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sure. But like, yeah, when we, when we see what he does to get the foul call, it's just like come on now. I I would say that the perfect team, uh, that actually plays basketball like with like like a team sport jazz the only it's the only yeah the jazz is the yeah. only team that plays with a team mm-hmm. yep they get all, all these, their players involved all these what do you call it? all these teams only shoot threes and don't go inside yep mm-hmm. like earlier years like 2000s or like 90s all they did was just go inside there was barely any threes taken just go inside Mm-hmm. and taking yeah. it hard but people don't want to touch anyone anymore so 
So I'm like, what the heck? So I was like, this leak is getting so soft. Mm-hmm. Calls, play style. Only team I like right now is probably the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, also the Suns, bro. I think the Suns have been playing solid basketball. Mm-hmm. Suns have stepped, stepped up. Real solid basketball. They've got Aiden. They've got um, CP. Book, CP3. They also got um, Mikhail Bridges. I don't know if I butchered his name. Don't they have um, yeah, yeah. Derek? What's his name? The high flyer? Derek Jones. Oh. He's poor. Derek Jones? Derek Jones? I want to say Jones is in. No, isn't Derek Jones on. Jr. on? I thought he was. I thought he was at the Suns. I forget, honestly. <laughs> no, Someone but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, just yeah, the Suns have been an underrated team. What do you call it? And they picked it up like a lot this Didn't year. Didn't they beat the Jazz this week? No, I think they did. But just yeah. overall, just just overall, like, I, I feel like that move for CP was was necessary. Definitely. That was such a good pickup by Jazz. I mean, not the Jazz, the the Suns. That was such a good pickup for the Suns. That leader, like that veteran style of him running the team, like he just makes every team better. Yeah, you've got got a veteran leader in CP3 who's also like a really good floor general. And he's willing to like, like, be that role player you know what i mean like he's not he's not like yeah, he's, hardened where he wants to like be all flashy step back three all this you know all that flashy point guard stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. he's like a, he's like a fun he's like a like fundamental ISO, basic build yeah exactly cp3 is that but and if you do want that you've got d book yeah yeah that's what i'm saying you've got and devin then, booker and then you've got the inside game with ayton ayton's been going off he has He's nice. That that's a good trio right there. That's a such a solid team. Solid solid team. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, moving on to a topic that I know that affects all of us. Um, the recent Asian American and Pacific Islander uh, racism that's been happening, prevalent in the country as of uh, as of late. Um, we've all heard about all the attacks that have been going on as of recently. Uh, what's your guys' reaction to all that? Azer, you want to go first? I mean, when I first heard about all this, all like the incidents going on about like the elderly and all this, I was like surprised at first because like this has never really happened to the Asian American community before, you know? And like you don't ex- you don't really expect it as an Asian American, you know? Because like we don't really get this much attention from like the media and just the people in general, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I was surprised, but like, I, it, not really, it was expected, but like, I mean, or I don't really know how to describe it, but just like, it's not like, like, oh, what the heck? I mean, it is, oh, what the heck? But like, I, I feel like uh, this kind of stuff, would uh, come around to us eventually. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it is what it is. No, I got you, Zach. I'll back you up on this. So, as, like, people have explained to me, like, adults, like, my aunts and uncles have explained to me that they've been called out for, like, bringing coronavirus over here, which I don't understand that because we're all living, uh, what do you call it, right here, and... I don't know. We're getting called up for it. So, I mean, it's terrible that people of the elderly of all kinds of Asian uh, communities are being attacked for um, no reason at all because they're living here. And I would say that I'm kind of afraid to go out rather than like, I'd rather want to stay in because of so I went, so I was playing a little story. So I went to like a store earlier and I was walking by myself and I see like these two people like looking at me. So I'm like afraid I'm going to get jumped and like beaten down. And then just that like premonition, like that, that instinct in myself that like I might get jumped. So I started like walking faster like I was on I was about to go to run I was about to go run to my car and just lock myself in there 
And then, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I haven't really experienced, uh, like, discrimination, like, personally. But um, I think my mom has quite a bit at, like, the grocery store. I think she's told me about that once. And um, I don't know, dude. Like, I just, like, I'm surprised. But at the same time, it's like, with the way, like, things are, in America, you know, it's just like it was just kind of like it was an like it was it it's was an to be expected. Like yeah. if yeah. it ever did happen, like it's not like you know, like aliens fell from the sky. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like it's surprising and like it's shocking to the Asian American community, but it's like eh, well. Yeah, I, I, it can happen I, one day. I can see that. I mean, like honestly, I've been reading up on the stuff we do in A-Push, actually. I've been reading a bit about the racism going on even then towards Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's still prevalent today, of course, under different circumstances. But, I mean, like as I said, it's it's not exactly surprising. Um, have you guys had discussions with your family about this? And what have they said? What What, have, what advice have they given to you? Um, I haven't really had like a sit down, like my parents didn't really sit me down and have like this deep talk about it mainly because like, uh, well, okay. So, I mean, there, there's not really much advice that you can obtain in like in a situation like this, you know, cause it's not like. It's not like African-Americans, you know, like getting pulled over by cops, like, oh, keep your hands on the steering wheel and follow protocol and all that. It's not like that. Like, this is not from, like, the system, right? This is from actual, like, pe- like just random people. Like personal hate. Exactly. Like, the people you see on the street, like, it could happen to anybody. And so I think the best, the best thing you can do as an Asian-American is just... You know, like hold your ground, but at the same time, like roll with the punches. You know what I mean? Like you can't let this stuff like get to your head and like affect like your entire lifestyle. You know, like life moves on. I'm not saying like completely forget it, but like if it does happen to you, hold your ground, play defense. And if you need to play offense as well, but you know, the timer is still clicking or is still ticking, you know, so I don't know. That's my, that's my whole thing. I might, that may sound like kind of ignorant on my part, mainly because I haven't experienced it firsthand. Like that's just how I see it in general. And that's just how I approach things in life, you know? And so it, it it's different from person to person. Like Jarek might have, might have a, like a different perspective on it. But like for me, that's just, that's just what I would do. Honestly, just keep it going. Yeah, so in my neighborhood, my neighborhood, I live in the suburbs, so like everything's kind of like um, peaceful over here. Nothing really happens, except like if I go to like the city, like my city, there's like a lot of stuff that like comes down and that like looks like something happened there. And so I was walking past like these two... um, Asian American ladies and they're like I could see it like not to the mask but like obviously their eyes like they were very like hesitant of like even just walking by me even though I don't mean anything which is I mean that's kind of like really bad if you think about it because they feel like they're in trouble or like they're in danger to just even like walk around for like just a walk and I feel like that Asian Americans shouldn't well, none of us should feel that way, having to just have like someone down your, someone like, what do you call it, down your neck. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like you have that feeling of premonition that you feel like you're gonna get, like knocked in the head, knocked mm-hmm. out, kidnapped, and just beaten down brutally. Like, mm-hmm. no one should ever have to go through that. And I just don't know why we're getting a lot of hate. 
Yeah. yeah, see, that's that's like the main thing. That's like the main question I have about like this whole this whole thing. Like, where does it come from? Yeah, where's like, the set? Well, where's the source? Exactly. No, because like people say like COVID and all that, but we've dealt with COVID for like a year now. Yeah. So then and this this whole racism stuff is ha- like with Asians is happening now quite a long time after the start of the pandemic you know what i mean that's like a it's been like a year or so like yeah 10 to 12 10 to 11 months close to a year if anything yeah you know so like i just don't know where this is coming from if like there's some like secret facebook group or some like deep state stuff going on then they're suddenly like oh yeah go to i don't know but um yeah i just i man yeah there were like um, small or quite a few acts of violence towards Asians like at the start of the pandemic, but now it's really picked up as of late, which is unfortunate. I'm wondering if like this whole um, all these like Asian attacks against like Asian Americans and stuff have been going on, but the media just hasn't been like shedding light on it. You mean like it's been silenced? Or something exactly, like that. exactly. Like the media hasn't been like been pointing out all this stuff that's going on with Asians uh because of like the pandemic and then you also had Black Lives Matter that whole movement right and so I'm not saying like that sheds his way from yeah yeah the yeah, whole yeah, situation. yeah yeah but, yeah, like, yeah. It kinda, uh the media kind of put the spotlight on Black Lives Matter and then all this stuff that hypoth like that was going on with Asians possibly was put to the side you know, You're right. now, now everything's coming to fruition and there's more awareness around it. And I don't know if that's the case. That's a possibility, I, but I would want to try and find out like from a person who doesn't like Asian Americans, but like, I would want to find out his perspective or her perspective on why, like, what's the source? Like, what's your reason for hating like on Asian Americans? I because I, because I feel like people don't have people just attack and then they won't have a reason why they attack. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, oh, because of, and they start to hesitate a bit on their answers because they don't want to give the wrong answer. But there is no right answer to that because we shouldn't be on hating on, we shouldn't be yeah. hating on Asian Americans or anybody for without justification. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. That's what, that's something I want to do. I want to sit down with one of these dudes or gals whoever and uh just like really i'm not gonna hate the person you know like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i just want to really uh res- uh you know like dealing with hate by uh reciprocating hate doesn't help the situation exactly you know so yeah. i just want to like sit down with these people or this group or whoever they should be like, you know, just, I want to understand you. Talk to me. What's going on? Like, are you okay? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I want to have like a, a respectful, like, conversation with the person. And I can actually talk down without having to be, like, in trembles or in fear. Just wanted to know the reason. Yeah. yeah. But I, I understand the people, like, especially, I understand the Asian Americans who are, like, infuriated by this. Yeah, I, I was infuriated. I understand that. Um. Yeah, I'm not I'm saying like you know, like that. don't don't fight back and don't defend yourself, but that's just something. It's just what I would do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like, I think in a case where I was attacked because of my ethnicity, I probably have the same reaction as like those who are mad. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's that's life. <laughs> yeah, I just gotta hit you hard. Yep. Um, has all of this made you guys reflect on your ethnicity? If so, how? I would say that my, okay, yeah, of course my ethnicity comes into play, but I haven't received direct, like, direct threats from anybody um, while on the streets, like when I'm driving and everything. Um, but I see, like, I don't know, maybe it was like like six months ago or something. I saw something like, I don't know if it was Asian, I don't know if there were Asian Americans or something, but something was going down and she was having a beat down 
and I wanted to go help, but like there's like premonition in me that I might go down with him. Right. And right. I might not be able to stand back up just because there's a lot of them and there's only one of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like in between that, that whole situation of like of helping, but back to the point, like um yeah, I would say ethnicity affects it. But there's like I don't understand why it should be like this. I don't know why our society makes it out to be to hate one another just because of something. Like makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. But um I think in terms of like ethnicity and all that, like this whole thing, I don't really see myself. I mean, yeah, I'm a Filipino, but like like when people ask me where race I am, I'm like, yeah, I'm Filipino. But like, I don't, that's not like my main, that's like, that's not the main title, you know? And I don't think, ooh, I don't know if I should go there. I, I don't think race, <laughs> I don't, I don't think race should be um, like such a large factor um, in like who we are. I mean, like a stereotype or something? No, but like, like I just a... don't think, like, I don't really know how to word it, but like, we're all human at the end of the day, you know? We're all flesh and bones. Exactly. Like, we all bleed the same blood. Our blood is red. We're all humans. We are, we're all living on this one floating rock in space. And so I just, I like, in terms of, like, yeah, I have like pride as a Filipino, you know? And like, I appreciate the culture. And I understand the culture and all that, but um, I just think I don't. I, this may this a personal thing, but I just don't like looking at uh, at things through like a racial lens. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. Like putting Got labels you. on like, oh yeah, you're like, you know. So you're saying we should see people through like a a neutral, exactly equal like, equally. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, race is important, and, like, the culture and the background, that's very important as to, like, who we are as people and all that, but I just don't think it should be, like, the determining factor in I got you. In mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think about it as, like, when I reflect on, like, being Filipino, it's, like, we're, and not just us, but, like, all Asian cultures, like, we're, like, some of the nicest people around. We're, like, very charitable, very, uh, outgoing and like it's to to see all this going on it's like you have to wonder why but then again of course there's different reasons behind it different uh approaches behind it but uh yeah i think we just like we talked about earlier roll with the punches fight back if you have to hold the ground yeah um with our generation and social media it's very easy for activism activism to spread but the same holds true for racism and hatred. How do you guys combat that in a digital age? Uh, I don't think I would you say, can, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I it's I really think... hard to. You can go ahead. You can uh, yeah. take first. Uh, I would say that social media has helped spread awareness of the Asian community and the AIP. Um, but I've, I've personally, I haven't seen any like hate towards it, like be like, oh, I hate Asian Americans, like on Instagram or on, or any social platform, basically. I've just seen all the support and love from people that are coming from different races and different backgrounds, um, standing up for us or for our community as Asians and coming up to uh um be like hey just like i i've i've seen like because my friend texted me um not too long ago but he's texting me about like how his friend like hated on like asians but like after seeing like this these occurrences happening like he didn't understand why or the justification of why that we were being attacked and so he stood with the Asian community because he didn't understand why they're being attacked. So I just feel like social media has enhanced it rather than 
going back and trying to silence it. Yeah, I don't really, I don't think you can combat online racism in, um, in like in a hundred percent effective way, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's like, there's all these like gray areas with like freedom of speech and, uh, you know, all, all this stuff. And I just don't think it's, I think it's possible, but you can't like tone it out completely. Like it's always going to be there. I think it's up to, um, I think it's up to the people, honestly, to educate themselves, uh, and make themselves familiar with like different cultures, different races, and like just get exposed to, you know, these new or not really new things, but just these different ideas. And, um, but yeah, going back to your question, I just don't think it's, it's possible to like, and, and, and in terms of like censoring on social media, I agree to an extent with like, uh, you know, like Instagram and Twitter and all these other uh, social media sites have been like censoring hate speech um, or, well, I'll just say, well, yes, hate speech, but there's, there's a, it, again, it's a really gray area. There's like, uh, it depends on who is, it's all about perspective really. But, um, yeah, before I just go down this rabbit hole of social media, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Great talk, fellas. So let's, uh, let's get back to basketball here. But actually, yeah, before we do that, just a quick message to everyone. Just um, try and be supportive of your Asian American and Pacific Islander friends. Um, ask them, check on them every once in a while. Ask if there's anything you can do to help. Um, it's better to be allies than adversaries in this time, for sure. Exactly. Amen. Let's get uh, back That's to Amen. Amen. All right, that was a great talk, folks. Let's get back to hoops now. March Madness. Did you guys fill out any brackets? Uh, did you guys have any uh, notable upsets? Talking. About what about what's going on? OSU. OSU. <laughs> um, that one was a doozy. I had them going to the Final Four, and then. Mm-hmm. Man, also Illinois. Honestly, the one team I loved was Loyola Chicago. Oh yeah, I, oh, yeah. that's I, yeah. That was the one team I was supporting throughout the. I been doing uh, I think to the uh, elite eight. Here's the thing with my bracket though. It was like I picked for the most part higher seeds, but like the only big upsets I picked was like Loyola Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, First. my bracket was uh, messed up after like the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I was just like, you know, you know what? Let's just see where this goes. No, nah, but the one, the, what do you call it? All, I lo- loved UCLA throughout the whole thing. Came back, had to play a match to get in, be MSU, I mean, be everybody because of Johnny Juzang, Johnny Buckets. Um, he's a great player, though. Like, I could see from, like, a basketball perspective, his shots, like, his his takes on, on dribble drive and dribble pull-ups are really nice. It's so consistent and flows so smoothly that you can see that, like, you can tell if it's going in or not. And he has that great IQ and mentality to to be a team player or, like, be selfish for one play. Yep. I remember watching the uh, UCLA game on, uh, I think it was last Friday? A week ago. The Gonzaga game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was crazy. That was the... One that was oh my god moments. the ending oh my gosh that shot was uh-huh. wild bro that's like some Jalen Cox stuff right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir um who are some of the under the radar guys that impressed you um I would say in college probably Drew Timmy I would say the the center on the was a center on Gonzaga really surprised me because I didn't think he'd be that movable because I saw him play in high school. Like I saw his highlights and everything. He didn't look to be like that movable, but like he can run. 
that dude has a lot of post moves. Yep. That dude has a shot. He's he's his IQ level is very good when it comes to the post on how to score on how different ways to score and trick your trick your defense to just jump up and to get a foul with it. It's amazing. And I've one more. I think uh, I would say number four on UCLA. I forgot what his name was, but he was like he was one of the big factors with John Juzang, um, to to advance to like the elite eight and to the final four. Um, he's been doing good. He was been like a he's been like a backup for Johnny Juzang, not backup, but like a, another score for Johnny Juzang to get off. And he just relieved them so much that Johnny Juzang could do his thing, and what he caught number four could just slot into place and hit those shots. I love those two. I don't really watch college that much, so <laughs> next next question. <laughs> Are there were there any NBA prospects that you guys were watching in the tournament? I know uh, Cunningham definitely. Kate Cunningham. Up. Kate Cunningham was very nice. Six seven point guard. Mm-hmm. Insane. So yeah. sucks they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, well, obviously Jalen Suggs. Of course. But I didn't expect Johnny Juzang to do that well. Honestly, at UCLA, after transferring to Kentucky, I understand the move. He's only getting two minutes per game in Kentucky last year, so he moved to UCLA. But I didn't expect him to be so explosive and average like twenty in the in the March Madness, like average over twenty. Because I saw him, at, because he went to what do you call it, Harvard Westlake, and. I saw him play, and I was like, "I'm, I'm not thinking this guy's going to call. Like, he'll go, he'll go to college, like D1 college. He's good enough." But I didn't expect him to be like such like a impactful player. I, I just expect him to be like a role player. So mm-hmm. I would say he's one of my surprising players. Yeah, I think uh, one of the guys I was watching was Evan Mobley out of SC. He is for sure like top five in the neck in the draft days under one. I think is next year i believe yeah top five and then um who else yeah i think him Suggs, and Cade were the only three that i was really really paying attention to um who did you guys pick to win it all i had gonzaga of course i had gonzaga too i had gonzaga then they got both smoked by baylor honestly oh my gosh that game was should we call it a game so yeah, we call it a, a scrimmage. <laughs> the, the scrimmage. Now I would say that. Oh, I know Gonzaga got to a slow start, but with that slow start, Baylor's just overall more athletically, like, blessed, and they have like a structure which they follow for defense and offense. Which, um, what do you call it? Honestly, I if I looked more into it instead of looking at stats and looked at like players and how they played together, I would probably pick something more like Baylor because of just how they played together and work together while still being like defensively inclined because there were a lot of plays that you can't teach like hustle, like that second effort because of, one dude on their team, I forgot who it was, but there's one dude on their team that's like like a Colin Sexton kind of guy. Like he's defense, like defense and like a Dennis Rodman kind of attitude where he like, I want to get the ball. Like I need the ball in my hands. Maybe in and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So he was, he was really good. I, I loved him because he was on the boards. He was diving after balls. He was going after balls out of bounds to get our team as I love that effort super underrated and then I just I just remembered another guy from Baylor Jared uh Jared Butler I think last I checked he was like a second round his projected second round pick but his draft stock definitely went up after his play in March Madness yep um uh, let's uh circle it back around back to home home base here high school sports so now that uh, high school sports have started up for you guys again how have you guys adjusted as far as your uh your 
routines? Um, my routine, it's not really that bad. I mean, since we're not going to school like that often, only going like once a day, I mean, um, once per week, doesn't really affect it. I just have to drive over there and it's tiring. But like afterwards, I feel good about like being in sports because I've missed it so much that like it's kind of nostalgic feeling of going to school again, you know, waiting there or like getting food with like your friends and just chilling at school or like you can go to a friend's house to stay there for a moment and then go just go to practice together. That's those was those were like the best feelings. If you're like a athletic guy going into high school, that's like one of the best feelings. Yeah, I think um in terms of like the whole sports thing with like high school and all that, I think especially with Loyola, I think it was uh at first it was really overwhelming because they brought back literally every sport on the list all at once. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have like six different teams coming in at one night for practice. You've got like you've got all three levels of lacrosse. Right. You've got the basketball team, the volleyball team, the swim team, the water polo team. I heard we even have a dive team and I don't even know when they practice. We've got track going on. Football's back. You've got freshman football. Baseball's back. What else you got? I said lacrosse already. Right. Soccer's back. Soccer's back too. water polo, water polo. Exactly. They're all coming back all at once. So at first it was really hectic, but I think the players got used to it. And I think it wasn't such like a drastic change, but it was like a shift back to like uh, not really the normal pace, but like uh, kind of like a faster pace than normal in terms of like you're now under uh, you, you got like more practices. You got set workouts. Your coach is now on you. Yeah, because you're kind you of know? yeah, because you're since you didn't have that time in like fall to just prepare, they're just putting like everything on the table like just for you to to memorize or like to to play out yeah. basically so yeah so it's it's yeah i agree laser it's feeling more rushed than normal because of how short the seasons of everybody is going to be so yeah yeah i think a lot of i don't know about a lot of athletes but i think some athletes had um not really a hard time but it was like kind of just like a like a whole shift in uh in like tone or environment in terms of like before with like the pandemic you had to like set your own schedule and like be dependent on yourself and tell yourself oh yeah i gotta do this for this sport blah blah and you had to like manage your time as best as you could with the amount of time you have been like now with like coaches telling you when you got to come into practice how long practices are where practices are because before you just practice in your backyard or your local park or wherever, but now athletes got to drive out to schools. They got to drive out and like um, practice in certain time slots that they previously hadn't practiced in before. And so you've got players, especially with like, especially with Loyola, you've got all these teams coming in. So practice slots are now they're, they're random, right? For some sports, especially like field sports. Um, like soccer, football, you've got these random practices. Like one week, you've got practice at like six, and then the next day, you've got practice at three, you know? And so it just keeps you on your toes. I think a lot of athletes are, um, you know, keeping their head on a swivel. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because one practice we had was probably for basketball was – 7 15 to 8 45 like at night and i was like no way yeah dude, like, the time i'm getting slots. home at like i'm getting home at 10 <laughs> yeah you gotta drive home shower home 10, do shower. all this yep. stuff big shift but i mean it's doable it's manageable we're like we've it's it's nothing new you know like we've dealt with it before and we've i think as juniors we're we're uh we're experienced enough to be able to like bounce back from the pandemic. So, you know, there are pros and cons. 
Definitely. Um, how has your guys' support uh, been so far? Uh, I think Azer, you're a track and field guy, and Jarek, your basketball. How y'all been doing? We've been doing good. We're playing Harvard Westlake tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Are they good? Yep. They're good. Yeah, they have two six eight people on their team. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I. <laughs> oh boy. Um. No, but I would say that even though our season is short, I would say it's it's good because um, we're doing better now. Like. First week was was really rough. No one was hitting shots. Um, everybody was not playing defense at all. And but towards like this week, going into four weeks of practice, everyone's been trying to adjust to each other's playing styles, and it's been going really well actually. And we've been tr- trying new stuff um, and doing new things to line up the team or to trick the other team because they have us on film for last year. So, yeah. How many games do you guys have this season? Shoot. Um, we play each team in the Mission League twice, so... Oh, so you've got quite a few. Yes, yeah, so I think we have two a week. It's been, I think, this week is probably coming up on five weeks left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we played two teams twice, so... Maybe like 10, 10 uh, That's not bad. Games. That's not bad. Yeah. And then That's actually pretty code. good considering like with the conditions and all that. Yeah. So then it's probably going to be like 10 to 12 games left probably. That's good. That's that's a good amount of games yeah, actually. Games. Yeah. With like football. I know football has. um Maybe like six games or something like that. No, football has. I think they play St. Paul today on the oh, night. today. Oh. Yeah. And then they play Crespi, and I think that's it for football. Dang, that's rough. They, yeah, they have a really short season. And then our uh, game with Upland got canceled as well, so they technically played four. They're supposed to play six games. They played four, I think. Yeah, something like that. Jordan, is that right? Uh, I forgot, honestly. Let's see. We play St. Bernard, St. Francis. We play St. Paul today. I know we played a team before St. Bernard, or did we? I don't remember, but yeah. yeah. Anyways, with track, track's been okay because we've been practicing since, like, the fall. And so the transition into the – to, like, the regular season and all that was okay. We had – a track meet against Shamanad. And then we have, let me check the schedule, but we've got a few meets. We've got quite a few meets, a good amount. It's not too short and it's not too long either. So I think track season is going to be okay. What are you guys' uh, final question here? What are you guys' personal and team goals for this season? Uh, my personal goal is to try and develop more of my game more as a not as a shooter but like as a uh a team player but sometimes i can do my own stuff like individual stuff and selfish plays myself mm-hmm. and to bring up like the morality of my team if i'm on the court yeah um i think for me with track, it's a little different than basketball, but um, for me personally, I I just want to uh, push my body to the max and just, you know, uh, give it my all really, and like just push my body to like a hundred percent and just keep improving. Not necessarily on like technique or like uh, particulars and all that, but just overall and like just unlock my body's full potential and increase that potential and then keep unlocking, you know, and keep leveling up basically. Is there, what's your, uh, sorry, my bad. Didn't mean to cut you off. What was your PR? Um, I don't really remember, but it wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't bad either. It wasn't bad either. It's like in the 19s. Oh, for long jump. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. 
to be honest, I don't really take long jump that seriously, but in terms of <laughs> triple jump, triple jump is like the one event that I take seriously. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what that's what I mean. Triple oh yeah, jump. yeah. Uh, like thirty-five <laughs> something. No, that's actually like that's 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 like average, I think, for for uh, someone on my level. But yeah, unofficially though, that's like an official. Like, like at, official rating okay yeah, I yeah, yeah yeah but like at practice i think i reached like 36 37 once that's nice yeah my All legs right. were dead after that but <laughs> yeah i mean track it's mainly just building up like leg power and all that really i mean that you you get the technique along the way but it's really about like uh like physical power and all that so also like mental power too just oh yeah to get through it. oh yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. especially for like for long distance like the people who run the mile and the two mile and all these long distance events and cross country as well dude i can't even do like a, a one like two laps around the track or like my max mm-hmm. i can't do a mile but yeah. like dylan bissell dude debis does i heard there's a rumor going around that he runs 10 miles every day i mean the dude is a different breed wow. and he, no, he, he's just he's just he's he's amazing. so different, he's so bro. different and he prs the thing is he prs at every meet so he's like getting better like really like and like his the difference between his prs are like really massive so like he's getting like exponentially better yep he's not like it's not like a slow increase it's like a it's yeah. like a big increase yeah it's not like stairs it's like an elevator that's slightly slanted <laughs> all right gentlemen thank you guys so much for joining me on today's podcast i really enjoyed it we had a awesome discussion on all topics that we covered uh really excited for when this comes out um looking forward to having you guys again on the pod with a few more people thank i got you having us. thank you thank you for having us Sharon. And that's wrap on the on this episode of the Balance and Ballin podcast. See you guys in two weeks. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Peace. Peace.